Yo, Mitch, what's up, man? It's Craig Smith, the Rhino, former NBA player and BC legend. Losing the ball, Smith has it. Hudson, bounce pass to Craig Smith, puts it down. Who's afraid of that big bad wolf? My guy met a world peace pipe. Man, hell of a name, I'm not gonna lie to you. I want to shout out to the halftime basketball community. Stevendorf, former Syracuse basketball player. Metal World Peace Pipe, what's going down? It's the big baller, baby. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the halftime community from the big baller himself. That's right. You guys keep it right and take, keep doing your thing, because big baller brand is in the building, and you know how we get down. But anyways, y'all do y'all thing, and we going to do our thing. Cause big ballers gotta stick together Again, shout out to the Halftime community, that's right Big ballers out baby And I holla huh. Welcome, 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 welcome Welcome, 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 welcome Into another edition of the Halftime Community Podcast Round 1 of the NBA Playoffs is officially in the books On to round 2 A few upsets, a few surprises, a few injuries we might have seen coming But we're going to get into all of that with my homies here. You're going to hear from them in just a moment. As Young fires from away downtown and takes a bound. (laughs) Not appreciated. I have introduced, since this call is started, (laughs) we've technically started. You know me as a black alien. I run the Black Alien Sportscast on Anchor. Hope you're having a good day, everyone. Yes, sir. We got the Black Alien Sportscast. I'll give you time at the end to plug it one more time, and then I'll put the link in the description for everybody. Um, and then we got everybody knows B. Snoozy. He's been on with us a few times. Um, everybody knows who he is, so he's on with us too. I just want to roll through all the first-round matchups. So we had the first one um, that doesn't really need too much explanation, Philadelphia versus the Washington Wizards. You know, it's just kind of meh. It is what it is. Yeah, nothing really. I agree. It is what it is. Nothing much to talk about there. Um, Embiid did get banged up a little bit. um, But besides that, you know, it just is what it is. Did you guys have any thoughts on the Philadelphia 76ers coming out of that series? Mm, None really, except for the fact that Philly handled business. They did what they had to do against a talented but weaker team a younger inexperienced team they 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 did that they handled they did their job um washington didn't we all know they didn't have the other than beal and russ they didn't have the rest of the pieces to compete in my humble opinion yeah i think that's fair that's probably the most boring series i would say out of the first round matchups um new york knicks and atlanta not a lot there again and me and Brandon kind of talked about it before the series started. We were both on Atlanta simply for the fact that everybody was on the New York Knicks. And everybody, you know, anytime everybody's on a team, that kind of, I, I go the opposite uh, way. So, uh, yeah, it played out even, the way I thought it would there. Brother, even I admit, I was, I was on the Knicks. I thought the Knicks was, I thought they were going to impose their will and grind them down, honestly. But the way Trey Young and his teammates, like Werther, Bogdanovich, 
Collins, Capella, they made Trey Young's life a lot easier. And he was able to just do him. And the re- that's the main reason why they won that series. Not most, not so much because of Trey, but because of everybody else around him that did their part, that did their job. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, and then what hurt New York, what hurt the Knicks, in my opinion, not enough scoring. They don't have enough offense right now. Yeah, and it, we are expecting a lot from Julius Randle. Uh, a lot of he was taking a lot of the same shots he took in the regular season. They just they just weren't going in. So you know it and is what it is. It's the playoffs. Sometimes it, eat, it eats guys alive, and I think that's kind of what happened. Um, but I expect Julius Randle to come back strong next year. But I Hawks, do too. Yeah, the Hawks, like you said, the supporting cast, they've really come together probably the last 10, 15 games of the regular season, and then yeah. They, they just carried that on going into the playoffs. Brandon, did you see anything out of that series? Yeah, I agree uh, with what you guys are saying um, for sure. Uh, another thing that I noticed um, along with, you know, Randall was struggling a lot. And I think, you know, part of that was he wasn't ready. But I think also, I mean, Tibbs is a great coach and he did a good job, you know, with that team. But, you know, he might need to do the old Mike D'Antoni coordinator thing where, you know, remember when D'Antoni got brought yep. in that defensive guy? He might need to bring in, you know, an offensive guy to kind of get some stuff going. Because I mean, it was, it looked like really Burks was only the only guy that could. Brandon, my friend, create his own shot. You just made, you just <laughs> made a great point. You yeah, just made I mean, a great point, and I want, I want, I, I want to second that point because Tibbs does need an offensive coordinator. The ISO ball in the playoffs, it doesn't yeah. work unless you're Brooklyn. Unless you're Brooklyn. <laughs> I, mean, Unless you're not, Brooklyn. I mean, nobody has, you know, that type of, I mean, yeah, that's, I, that's what I saw. I saw, I saw a lot of isolation and Randall was really cold. Um, And, you know, I, they, they ended up having to bring Rose to start because he was, you know, kind of giving them a little bit of a punch and some help. So, and he would yeah, be a lot better Rose off the bench. Rose played but, a lot of minutes too. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. I, I would consider getting an offensive guy if you're going to stay with Tibbs and the, you know, he just won coach of the year. So I'm, I'm assuming you're going to stay with him, but. And then also, I mean, building building this roster around Randall uh, would definitely help too. Uh, they, I mean, they probably had the worst worst uh, starting five, you know, and roster on paper as far as in the whole playoffs. So. Yeah, uh, and I think if you're a Knicks fan, uh, you gotta expect a little bit more out of R.J. Barrett going into next season. He, yeah. he improved. He improved slightly this season. You know, he had some moments, but. If you're going to put him in the same category as in that draft as Zion and Jaw, he's really got to start giving him a little bit more on the offensive end, creating his own shot. That he does. He he does. He does need. They do need more guys that can create their own offense and so forth. And that you're you you are right. That is sorely needed for the Knicks. Um, but I think we'll also hurt them in a lot of ways not having Mitchell Robinson in the paint. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was big. He was he was big for them. You know, he do, he doesn't play huge minutes. He doesn't play 35 minutes a game, but he plays you know 20, 25 minutes a game and gives them huge energy every time he every yeah, time he goes good. out there. Yeah. So that's a good point. He was he's definitely a missing piece. If they can bring him back with Nerlens Noel, that's kind of a one-two punch. Guys that can play defense and you know run at the rim. So Knicks fans, yeah. not all hope is lost. I think you got a, got some good building blocks there. Um, got a good coach, of course, and we'll see what they do moving forward. Yes, and the best part about all of that, 
Dolan not interfering. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like maybe he's given a little more leeway to guys like Leon Rose and, you know, he'll trust Thibodeau a little bit more going into next season. So as long as the Knicks don't yeah. do something Knicks like, like, you know, sign De- DeMar DeRozan to a big contract or something like that, that sets them back. Uh, I think that they got a bright future ahead of them. Oh, yeah. I think they got a very bright future ahead of them as well. Um, and we'll just see what happens with them uh, going forward. Uh, what else? Um, well, I think there's not much to say on Milwaukee, Miami. We all know what happened there, except Miami needs to figure out their roster. Yeah, I gotta, uh, I gotta take gonna... a, I gotta take a big L on that one. I, a <laughs> lot of people took an L on that one, but I'll take the big L on that one. I, I really thought Miami would come together in the playoffs, kind of like last year, um, kind of bring yeah. it together. I don't know if I was just hoping for that or if I was, you know, actually thought that. It's kind of hard to tell sometimes, but. Um, yeah, right. it did not play out like that whatsoever. One thing I'll say about about that is that I definitely noticed is uh, Butler's always, you know, he's always talking about getting guys involved and not shooting and, you know, being that leader. But I think at some point, like, it hurt them because he wasn't yeah. shooting the ball and he wasn't shooting well. So, like, you know, he's he's supposed to be their best player. And it's like at some point, you know, <laughs> you're going to have to take the shots and stop, you know, giving it up and stuff and which, but passing yeah. and playmaking is, you know, that's that's great. And that's, you know, I mean, Jokic does it and wins. Like, it's it's definitely a good thing to do. But I think, you know, if yeah, he's going to be – playmaking and passing, yeah. Yeah. He's got he's to gotta shoot more, I think, and be more of like a, like, I'm here, I'm the best player, like, get on my back um, type of thing. That's one thing I noticed uh, in that series. Yeah, I that's mean – That's what I did notice, too, as well. Uh, sorry about, about that. No, you're um, good. Go ahead. Also, not only did uh, Butler's uh, play hurt them, but I was looking at the other guys like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo did, I would say, okay. He did okay. Not fantastic, not flashy, but they struggled. Their supporting cast struggled badly, and Milwaukee they weren't able to hang with Milwaukee. Milwaukee just punched them in the mouth and just kept punching them over and over. Yeah. yeah, I think Robin. I thought Robinson had a pretty good series, actually. I mean, he had a couple good games, and uh, Hero struggled for sure. Um, but oh, Hero yeah, definitely think, struggled. For sure. Yeah, I think Robinson had a pretty good series, though, especially shooting. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Bam Adebayo, he's a great two-way player, but they were really expecting a lot more out of him. There were some rumblings that maybe he was banged up, but you could say that about really any superstar going Anything. into the playoffs. Yeah. And if you're playing, if you're playing, if you're out on the court, there's really no excuses. You got to bring it, especially in the playoffs. So Miami Heat, we'll see. They have do do have some cap space, some flexibility going into next year. Um, So they could bring another piece in. But I think they're kind of regretting not putting it, putting together a better package, maybe for a guy like James Harden. Um, You know, they they didn't want to trade Hero. That's kind of the rumor. Um, There are there are some rumors saying you know they did offer Hero, but um, Houston just chose Brooklyn's package over them. So we'll never really know. But, you know, I think they could have put together a better package for somebody like James Harden, and that could have changed things up for them. That could have. That yeah. could have. And I'm, I'm surprised they didn't, when Kyle Lowry even came available for trade, they didn't push for Kyle Lowry for more veteran leadership. That was really surprising to me. But it's Pat Riley, his show. Yeah. All I can say it, that. It, they're one of the teams that definitely have a chance with a full off season to bounce back next year. They got the pieces in place. 
if you know Hero can regain what he had during that rookie season in the playoffs, they can definitely bounce back. Uh, Milwaukee, they they kind of got their monkey off that back from the previous season uh, when they lost to Miami. We've we've already seen you know we're two games into the Brooklyn Milwaukee series now, so Milwaukee not, not they went from a high high to kind of a low low all of a sudden. Um, it Milwaukee looks like that series is going to be over quick. If if they don't win Game Three, they're done. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I I do think it's I do think they'll be able to get back in it though. I mean it's it does start with Game Three, but I mean being down two zero is not the end of the world. But they do got to. No, I mean. I just I don't. Here's one thing that you know I I've been thinking about uh, at uh, bring you know talking about Milwaukee. You made me think about it. Like I noticed it with the first game in Philly, Atlanta, and uh, first two games of Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Like so, if you're Philly, right, and you have a guy like Ben Simmons, and Trey Young goes for 25 in the first, <coughs> game, like why aren't you automatically just putting him? Like, he's a defensive player of the year candidate. Like why is he not guarding your best player? You know what I mean on the other side. And they, they made that adjustment in the second half. So, I mean, and they're, I think they started game two uh, with Simmons on him. But, you know, like, why is Giannis not trying to guard Kevin Durant? I mean, I know he's pretty much unguardable, but, I mean, if there was somebody that was going to stop him, I mean, <laughs> you know, he can kind of match his size a little bit. Um, he's won a defensive player of the year before. Um, so, I mean, we know he can guard. Um, but, I mean, they keep rolling with Tucker. So, and in fact, I think they started – last game last night uh with the zone so i don't know but i just that kind of blows my mind it's like why is Giannis not guarding kd or you know like i just i don't know that just doesn't make sense to me it make any sense to anybody for that matter but hopefully Budenholzer will make the right adjustments and we'll see if they get a win if not they go down three yeah that's Listen. kind of a knock on both mike Budenholzer and doc rivers is they have a great game plan, and it works in the regular season, but then come the playoffs, um, they're not as great as adjusting on the fly as some other coaches may be. So we're going to have to see Milwaukee going to need some serious adjusting after they just got beat by, you know, what it, whatever it ended up being. They were down yeah, by 40 was, or something. I think it was 40, it. yeah. It was 40, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they're definitely going to have to make some major adjustments there or else, you know, it's going to be round two exit once again. Once again, yep. from Milwaukee Bucks. Um, yep. Serious changes in Milwaukee if that happens. Yeah, we already talked about Brooklyn a little bit there. They beat the Boston Celtics, kind of like everybody expected. Uh, Boston did yeah. show some fight, which was which was you oh, know, yeah. nice to see if you're a fight. Celtics fan. Yeah. They showed a lot of fight, and you got to give the Celtics a lot of credit for that. But they were just too undermanned and way undermatched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that kind of led to immediately after the season ended for the Boston Celtics, uh, Danny Ainge retires and then Brad Stevens steps down as head coach and steps up to the general manager player development role. So what do you guys think about that? That move, um, Danny Ainge retiring and now Stevens taking over as president of basketball operations for Boston. Kind of a, I wouldn't say it kind of a strange move. I felt it to be strange as far as Ainge. I didn't know Ainge had any type of health issues, and I didn't know the stress of the bubble was getting to him, which led to his retirement. Um, Stevens going in that role, it's good, it's good to have that continuity. But my big question is, who will be now their head coach? Plus, it had to be somebody that 
Stevens can agree with that can fit with his philosophy. With, who, who out there could fit with that philosophy? Yeah, that's the big question. Um, a lot of names getting thrown out as far as former players like Chauncey Billups, Sam Cassell. Um, I've even seen Lloyd Pierce's name thrown out there. I don't think he's the right fit, yeah. but his name has been out there. Um, the only thing that really bothered me about it was mm. Brad Stevens. I, I don't think of him as like a player personnel guy. Maybe I just have it totally wrong, totally wrong here, but I've seen right. More as like a clipboard coach. That's kind of what he's known for, drawing up plays, um, that those sorts of things. And the guys that he really rode was like ride or die with was like Daniel Tice, Grant Williams, Semi Ojale in the past. It's just not guys that you know got it done for the Boston Celtics. So there's plenty right. to be seen, but I, I have my doubts there. And Boston has some interesting things in the offseason, not only with their coaching head coaching thing, but also, what are you going to do about Marcus Smart? He's due for an extension. What do you do about the roster? What about Kemba Walker? There's a lot of questions there, too. And Kemba Walker has a huge contract. And his play has been so up and down, it may not even warrant a contract anymore. Yeah, that's that's tough for the Boston Celtics. That's kind of like uh, the Dallas Mavericks with Kristaps Porzingis. Definitely exactly. not playing up to that contract right now, but... Unless you're just going to swap him like straight for Kemba Walker, you're kind of stuck with them because of that contract and how they're playing. They're both kind of in the same boat there. Speaking of, now I think we're now we can switch to the West side of the playoffs now. Um, Let's talk about um, the series that just ended Dallas, um, LA, since we did touch on Christos Porzingis just now. And for LA, they did what they had to do. They showed their grit. They showed their fight. They showed their veteran experience, and they came back, and they pulled off a tremendous series victory. Kawhi Leonard set the tone. That game six he had was monster, 45 points. But also with that, Dallas also collapsed in the second half a lot, and Luka did not get enough help throughout the series on a consistent basis. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the – you know, after they got down, I think it was 2-0, and then the third game, they were down by 10 or 15 pretty early in the game. They were, everybody was burying them, you know, dead and buried. Here's the Clippers again. After, yep. their, after their collapse last season, they're doing it again. Same old Clippers. And I got to say, my big takeaway from that was, you know, Luka yep. obviously doing Luka things. But Kawhi Leonard yep. was... That's the most emotion I've ever seen him show in that game seven yeah. towards the end there when the game was kind of in hand and the Clippers were going on that run. Um, he yeah. had an, he had an and one and I saw him pump his fist and, you know, he kind of was getting fired up, slapping guys hands. And then he caught himself, you know, getting a little fired up and he stopped. But that's the most emotion I've ever seen out of Kawhi Leonard. And that tells me that he was definitely feeling the pressure there. Um, yeah. getting that monkey off his back with L.A. So, you know, sky's the limit with Kawhi Leonard now going through the playoffs. Yeah, that it is. It's um, It definitely is the limit. And um, <clears throat> I'm, interested, I'm interested to see how L.A. does against Utah. Um, but um, back to what we were saying about um, Dallas here. If I'm <clears> – excuse me. If I'm Mark Cuban and if I'm Rick Carlisle, we know Rick Carlisle staying another year. Mark Cuban said, 
he said the other day, if you, unless you, let me tell you one thing about coaching. This, this is what Mark Cuban said. He said, let me tell you anything about coaching. If you, unless you know there's somebody that's much, much, much better out there, the grass isn't greener, always greener on the other side. And when I thought about that, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. He's right. He's right. And looking at this crop of coaching candidates, except for maybe Kid Billups and uh, that, that's really is not that promising. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, especially with a championship pedigree coach, he has a championship ring to his name. The only fit that you mentioned maybe could be Jason Kidd since he won a championship there and he's kind of climbed back up the coaching ranks after, you know, he got fired in Milwaukee or was left, left Milwaukee. So I could see that as a fit, but you know, I really don't think that's that much of an upgrade over Carlisle. So they'll probably stay the course at least one more year there. I had to agree with that there. Yeah. At least another year to these give Carlisle a chance to see what he could do, but also at the same time, <clears throat> don't mind me allergies. <laughs> that's the allergies and everything. I already got my vaccination. I'm good. I'm good with the vaccination for COVID. <laughs> I, there you I'm go. Just a damn thing, <laughs> you know. Um, but if I also if I'm Cuban and Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, it's time to take a look at that roster very hard a serious evaluation we have to figure out what to do with quinn richardson um oh josh richardson i can't remember yeah josh yeah, josh. yeah that's right josh richardson um dorian finney smith's contract tim hardaway jr yeah you, you you're gonna need the cap space because poor poor Zingas's contract is going to be extremely difficult to move mm-hmm. and especially how teams around the league saw him play this season yeah yeah decent numbers during the regular season but he just went ghost in the playoffs, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's hurt you so much to where they can't move him. So now they're stuck with him. Yeah, it's um, really hard when you're seven foot three, one of the tallest guys in the NBA, to be invisible. But Kristaps Porzingis managed to do it somehow. No, yeah, I think something. yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't. With Dallas, I, I like Carl. He's a good coach. I don't think they need to move off him. Um, I, I no, just, they don't. you know, they just, they, their roster needs some work. Definitely, I think, I think bringing back Hardaway, um, and Finney Smith would be good. Um, for sure, Hardaway I think would do better off of the bench. Um, because he's a he, he's a scoring punch. You know, he's nice. He's looking to score and shoot and stuff like that. Um, he'd be a good six man to have, I think, but. I know they, yeah. it, it's. I think it just comes down to. I mean, you got to get Lucas some help so he doesn't have to have the yeah, ball twenty four seven. You know, and um, the rest. And I mean, the rest of that lineup was what. I mean, Hardaway, Finney Smith, uh, Porzingis. Um, they throw in Bobin a little bit. Um, you know, Bobin. so I mean, just yeah, getting him another serious player. Um, another real time like real deal. Seriously, guy. A real. Yeah, I agree. They need a, They need that rough veteran player. That can help get them over the hump and show and show those young guys what it takes to win. They need that veteran. Yeah, for the Dallas, you you hit it the yeah. nail on the head there to me. Uh, for the Dallas Mavericks to move from just a playoff team that gives everybody a good run to like a championship contender team, Luca can't handle the ball 95% of the time and shoot the ball every time. You know they need a bucket because teams oh. can defend against that. Boom. So, yeah, they're going to need a secondary playmaker, whether that be a guy off the bench that can come and take the load off a little bit or 
somebody in the starting Not lineup man. that can give him a break here and there. That point home. Yeah. That is another point you just made that I hadn't thought about. And you just gave me a good thought right there. They do need another guy that can run the offense other than Luca. Yeah, I mean he's he's a generational talent and he can do it, but I mean that's I mean you're not gonna then get it done like that. He's just game plan and gear around him all the time and then Larry Bowski, oh, but let somebody else create their own offense too. They yeah. need another player that can create their offense. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying oh, oh, he's oh, Michael oh, Jordan when I say this, but the same you saw the same thing with Michael Jordan's career early on when he was with the Chicago Bulls those first years. You know, he was putting up – he had that one season where he had, you know, 38 points per game because he was doing yeah. everything for the Bulls, but the Bulls weren't winning. Part of that yeah. is, you know, the supporting cast around him, but then when he actually got some guys that could take the load off on offense a little bit – and he was yeah, able to drop that to, you know, like 25, 30 points per game instead of 38. The Bulls yeah. started winning a lot more. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Luca, need, he, Luca needs that other – he needs other teammate that can score and be aggressive because Porzingis didn't show that. I think Porzingis is too passive to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing with the Dallas Mavericks. I think – they they get another pass this year, but next year uh, when they do have some cap space and they got decisions to make, that's mm-hmm. when the pressure is really going to start being on Luca as far as, you know, okay, well, you got to get out of the waiting. first round now. You got to make a Western Conference finals. So next year is kind of when the pressure will start to amp <clears> up, I think, on Luca. I'm getting the feeling he's probably starting to feel the pressure now. Yeah, and he's he's had some comments, um, you know, talking about, you know, this doesn't – he can have all the numbers in the world, but that doesn't really mean anything to him because he wants to win, which is what you want to hear if you're a Mavericks fan. Um, that's yeah. definitely good to hear. But So he has the right attitude, or at least he seems like he has yeah. the right attitude. Um, yeah. But next year, for sure, you see this with superstars a lot. Um, when they first come in the league and they're kind of surprising and they're generational talent-type players, people love them. And then if they don't win – you know, within three to four years, all of a sudden people start turning on him. And that just kind of that's kind of how it goes. Uh, I've already started to see it with Luca. Luca's overrated. You know, Luca can't win some posts about that. So I, th- I think we might start to see more of that next year. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Luca's that dude, though. I just but, um, I don't they just got to build a better team around him for sure. Yeah, and and with what they have as far as cap space and options is not much. They're going to have to cut some. They're they're going to they're going to have to make some very tough decisions. I think a couple players are going to at least have to go. I think they end up keeping Tim Hardaway Jr., but the other contracts, such as unfortunately Collie Stein, Richardson, maybe Dorian Finney-Smith, if they have to. We have to see because then again, we don't know what the free agent market is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something you can't predict. I think there's I haven't looked at it in depth, but I think there's a fair amount of teams with some cap space this offseason. So like you mentioned, yep. a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, whereas in a normal year, he might not get a huge contract. But with yeah. teams that are buying for players, not a huge player pool, but a mm-hmm. guy that's been producing, you know, he might get a bigger contract and the Mavericks might not bring him back. So that, that's a good point for sure. And that's a definitely good point for sure there, my brother. All right, let's talk about <clears throat> Portland, Denver. Well, yeah. 
now then we gotta say shout out to the new NBA MVP, Jokic. Joker winning it today. Yeah, Joker finally wins the MVP. Almost a triple double. You know, kind of changing the big man position, doing everything. People talk about Arvidas Sabonis. You know how he came into the league a little bit too late, but he was that. Yeah, he was that do it all type player. Uh huh. Um, I think we're actually seeing, you know, maybe what Sabonis could have been if he would have came yeah, over when he was young in Jokic. Yeah, so. he was still a decent player when he was older, yeah. But if you look, I remember Arvita Sabonis in his prime. That man could play. He could flat out play. <clears throat> yeah, so Jokic. But, uh, but, but Jokic resembles him a lot, a complete version of him. Um, Denver and Portland, they fought tooth and nail. It was an entertaining series, entertaining first round. Dame was just marvelous. But difference is, Jokic had help and support. Dame didn't. Yeah. Yeah, that 55-point <laughs> game he had was one of the best <clears throat> playoff games, you know, you'll ever see out of a player. Um, okay. You know, when everybody knows Dame is going to take the shot, and you still take yeah. the shot, and you still make it. That that's impressive. That is impressive, and what's what's somewhat saddening about when you think of Portland, and I remember uh, Barkley making a comment on Inside the NBA. I think during this first round too. <clears throat> I think it was like first second game. I can't remember. And he said Portland best backcourt in the NBA. They got a great big man. Great, good bench, good talent around them. So they should, they should can set, can compete for a top five seed year after year. But they haven't been able to do it other than that one run to the conference finals. And then what, a few, a couple plays out of second round. Mm-hmm. Portland, unfortunately, has underachieved. This is the fifth time in eight seasons that Dame's been out of playoffs in the first round. <clears throat> And he's not in a way it's going to catch up with them because age will start to come become a factor soon. And it may, I don't want to say that and you don't want to have, you don't want to wish it. He may slow down some, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, I think the real problem with Portland is, I mean, you know, Damon TJ's that's, you know, they're great offensively and that team is really good on offense, but I mean, they're both undersized guards who can't defend. So I, they, I, I don't. You can't play together with that. You're not going to win, you know, with that kind of standing in the backcourt. I'm actually going to expand so, I mean, on my point about that. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I think it might be time to. I hate to say it because I like seeing guys stay loyal and stuff like that, and they seem to be yeah, good buddies and stuff. It, but it, I think it might be time to send McCollum out for somebody who can defend a little bit. Um. You know, to try to make it a little bit more of a rounded out team instead of one sided. Um, so. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna sec, I'm gonna second that. Let me finish the point I was making. Um, <clears throat> I do agree with you. Um, it may be time to split those two up uh, because McCollum did struggle. McCollum was inconsistent this series. So was Yurkic. Um, the only real help they got really at times was from Covington, Powell. Those are guys I would keep. I would get rid of Jurkic. I'll probably keep Cantor. Cantor's not bad. He can, he can score. 
he's a decent, he's a decent player on offense. He does play some defense when he's out there. But everyone else, <clears throat> it's what do you do? I would I would seriously seriously look and start make some cuts to that roster. And if I have to let CJ McCollum go, and if they get the right, the right type of price for it, you have to do it. Oh yeah, you know what I just thought about that just kind of I haven't really thought about it. it just came to my mind. Uh, you know, I was thinking what they could use is kind of a guy like Dylan Brooks who gets after it and he's he's really intense and he's physical on defense. But they're probably not Memphis isn't giving him up. So another guy that came to mind was Marcus Smart because I mean, you know, we don't really know what Boston's doing with him. We don't. They might get rid of him. So maybe maybe a McCollum Smart swap or something like that uh, might do them some good. Um, uh, they just they just need another they need somebody that can defend. At now the that and then, <clears throat> like we said earlier at Boston, how they gonna move Kemba Walker? Mm-hmm. They need they need another they need another one. Yeah, yeah. With if that were to happen, you know, it could be a scenario with um, C.J. McCollum and Jason Tatum sort of sharing the ball handler duties with Kemba Walker. I could see that, you know, that's not ideal if you're the Celtics because they want to move off Kemba Walker, obviously. But, you know, yeah. I could see something like that. Marcus Smart would be probably a pretty good fit next to Dame Lillard um, with that defensive edge that, that Portland Trailblazers need. They brought in Covington to help with that. And, you know, he can only do so much. So they need somebody yeah. else besides him. But now who who you want to come coach in Portland? Oof. See that I I'm lost there. I I think David Vanderpool, who was a assistant for the Trailblazers, kind of came up with he was you know credited with kind of helping Dame Lillard and um, C.J. McCollum develop. I think he'd be a good fit there. He was rumored to get the Minnesota Timberwolves job after they let go of Ryan Saunders, but ended up you know kind of getting passed over for that. So I could see you know David Vanderpool being a good fit there in Portland, but. He, again, he's he's mainly offensive, so who knows? Mm. Yeah, I think they'll probably need someone with balance, a good offensive and defensive mind that can plan and game plan for any situation on both ends of the court. That's what Portland needs. They need a balanced coach, not someone who's singular-minded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, as far as the coaching openings and stuff and people who's available to get jobs, uh, I really like Sam Cassell. I think he's going to be the next kind of new guy that comes in that's going to do really well. So wherever he lands, I kind of hope and think he'll do do well for sure. And I yeah, I know they've been talking about that some in Portland, but um, wherever he lands, I think he's going to do good. Yeah, that could be a good fit. Former player, that always helps with current players if you're a former player and then he, he was kind of an offensive and defensive player in the NBA, so I'm sure he's carried over that, you know, into his coaching career. So that could be a good fit as well. Yeah, so and plus, you know, he's been he's been to he's been to where they want to go. <clears throat> he's been to where they wish to be. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. knows what it takes to get there. Yeah. So Portland, um, I think they got at least one more season with Dame Lillard before, you know, things start to get interesting if they don't make the playoffs or they flame out in the first round again. Um, things might start to get interesting as far as trying to trade Dame or, you know, he demands a trade. All those sorts of things happen. Yeah, things are getting interesting now. Remember mm-hmm. what he posted on Instagram? He, yep. remember he, 
that showed, that showed up on Bleacher Report. And uh, I think I think the frustration is starting to set in now. Mm-hmm. Personally, yeah. I think yeah, I mean, it has to if you're Dame. You can only take so much. You can only do so much. And he's kind of done all he can there in Portland, um, for sure. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Straight up. So, before we get to – I want to save the Phoenix and Lakers series for last. Let's talk about Utah-Memphis really quick. Um, not much to say there again. Memphis was just kind of outmanned. I did really like – you mentioned Dylan Brooks earlier – he showed me a lot. You know, he can be a solid number three on a contending type team, um, you know, offensive and defensive presence. And, you know, I wasn't expecting him to be that good on offense, honestly, but he, yeah. he was really a go-to guy for them. So what did you guys see out of that series? Anything you took away from that? Um, other than uh, other than um, John Moran's performances during the series and um, – but other than that, it was pretty much all Utah after game one. That I mean, honestly, it was all yeah. Utah after that. Oh, yeah. And um, um, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson, they did, they, had, they came out there, they did their job. Spider was on the mission. Mm-hmm. And Rudy Gobert, they were, they, they were ready. When they were back together on the court, and it showed. And this is this was a valuable learning experience for Memphis, if you ask me. This would help serve them further down the road, and um, help with their growth. Now, I think what they need to do next is find a way to maybe get us, maybe find a veteran player to play alongside John Morant, a good scorer that can play defense as well and have good defensive intensity that can feed off that can feed off to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Also incorpor- incorporating in that mindset. And they'll become a better team of it. <clears throat> Memphis yeah. is on the rise. Memphis has a bright future, in my opinion. If they build around John Morant the right way, they have a very bright future. They could maybe be, they'll be consistent playoff team. Heck, maybe, hell, maybe, maybe even a championship team if they play their cards right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know Utah, I in that series, yeah. In uh, in that uh, series, man, we know Utah's a good team. Um, and we saw that for sure. Um, you know they they shoot the three ball really well, and they I think they shot the best this year. Um, and they yeah. make a ton of them. They shoot a ton of them. Um, and that's kind of the way to win. Um, we know they're a good team. Um, one thing I'll say though is Memphis. I'm really high on them. Um, you know you got you got your budding star and John Morant. He's you know he's gonna keep getting better. Um, Dylan Brooks impressed me a lot. Um, you know, I always liked him, but, you know, after seeing that, you know, it kind of made me like him even more. Um, he's really physical defensively. Um, he gets after it. He can score as well. Um, you know, he, he was a scorer in college. So, I mean, he, he can do that. Um, I think Val's a big piece for them. Um, he's, you know, we saw that in the playoffs when he was doing well and playing good, they were doing well. So, um, I think keeping Val is important for them. Um, but yeah, they're they're definitely up on the rise, and you know maybe adding a couple pieces here and there would help. But I think you know maybe getting a full year of uh, Jaron Jackson would help them. I do. I like their five actually. I mean, if Jaw turns out to be the superstar we think he will be, you know, and Brooks keeps getting better, I think you can keep that five and kind of roll with it and just kind of build 
build on their bench and get a little deeper. And then I think they'll be a really good basketball team. So I'm, I'm high on the Grizzlies. They, and they, you know, this was good for them for sure, even though they lost. Yeah. Yeah, I think we saw at the end of the day, Utah is just a complete team. They're a way more complete team than Memphis was. Um, you mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr. He definitely struggled in that playoffs. You didn't really see or hear a lot from him in that first round. Um, so if he can improve, just like R.J. Barrett in New York, I think they got something solid there. If he can find some more offensive game. Um, but Utah, definitely a finals contender. And then that brings us to the last series. And everybody's favorite, the Los Angeles Lakers. Anytime they do anything, it's the biggest story in the sport. In the sport, so we got to talk about the Lakers. Um, the Phoenix Suns eat pretty easily dispatched them, I would say. Um, a lot of that has to do with the health of the Lakers. When you're built around AD and LeBron, and AD and LeBron aren't healthy, you know it's gonna be it's gonna be not pretty. So that's kind of what it was to me. A lot of Lakers fans are you know jumping off the cliff and saying you know we need to get rid get rid of AD or we need to do this we need to do that i think that's crazy talk you already you you mortgaged your future for AD and you already got a championship ring out of it in the first season you know this mm-hmm. season it was a struggle they were definitely banged up and i think you just run it back next season put the pieces together around those two and see what you got you know they're two of the top players in the league yeah that's um that's um a good point there um and yep, and Phoenix handled business, and there's not much more we can say about that. So, but back to LA here, they need to figure out the shooter situation. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And if that's the case, if he stays, cool, give him under contract. But also, they may need to find a backup one to also run the point if Schroeder struggles. They don't have it really that guy to run the one after Schroeder. That's the first thing. Second, um. And that's the first thing, in my opinion, they need to do is figure out the issue with Dan Schroeder. Um, second thing, <clears throat> what do you, do you decide to um, go for Andre Drummond? Do you um, figure out the bench? Do you, you you have to replenish your bench? What do you do? You got you got to you have to restock you have to restock your roster. And really, in hindsight, the Lakers, if I remember correctly, really don't have a lot of cap space. No, because yeah. because because of mortgaging. Mm-hmm. And so Rob Palenka has got to get very creative and figure out to make some moves, um, moves here. Um, another point I remember somebody mentioned during that series, I remember somebody mentioned in the halftime room that we may see the beginning of the decline of LeBron. Which, and they brought up that point. And as much as I, Kind of hate to say it because LeBron's one of been the best player in the world for a long time. We may start being to see the decline physically, to where you went. We also with MJ. MJ changed his game up to 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 um compensate for the physical decline, and Bron's got to do the same thing. He'll 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 figure out a way to adapt his game, play as long as he can. But we may it may be the beginning of the end here in a slow crawling way like a tortoise yeah it could be and he mentioned i think when he was coming back for the playoffs um you know he's never going to be a hundred percent again and once he said that you know i kind of knew this could be not so great for the lakers because if he's saying that that's kind of giving him i don't want to say an excuse because it is the truth you know he Mm -hmm. was banged up but it was kind of giving him an out for the playoffs and 
you know, once he said that, I knew the, that it probably wasn't going to be pretty. They probably weren't going to make the finals with AD and LeBron being banged up. No, and um, <clears throat> I, I totally agree there. Um, and plus with, the, with now a proper offseason, they can just rest mm-hmm. and get mm-hmm. healthy. <clears throat> I, would, I, I bet they're going to probably, I would say, just relax at least a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> just rest, rest their bodies, relax, then get back at it. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's, um, yeah, with this series, but there's one question, point. That, I, there's I really a question I'd like to close for, for, yeah. close for you both. What direction do you guys see the Lakers going with Dan Schroeder? Hmm. That's tough. Brandon, you got any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, Schroeder. Um, I think he's I think he's fine. I think he's a good piece. I think um he, he actually played really well in that series. Um I think the problem with the Lakers is um and I was gonna mention this uh, a second ago, but the problem is I think they don't have like, you know, it's LeBron and A D and you know they're kicking it out to Caldwell Pope, who can shoot. You know, they're Kate Caruso, guys like that. Um, their problem is they need someone else to – they need to bring in a guy who can create their own shot and make their own shot because that was kind of the issue. Like when – because everything runs through LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like So yeah. when, when they're running that pick and roll and, you know, if they're not open or something, you know, Caruso isn't going to create his own shot. He's a good defender, but – he might hit an open three here or there, but, you know, and KCP is a good shooter. That's fine. Schroeder can make his own shot. Um, he, he showed that, and he played pretty well. Um, but they, they don't have enough guys to me, like, you know, to – when they get the ball, can they create for other people? No. Can they create their own shot? No. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing, I think. And also, I think um, they have a lot of good – they have a lot of good centers. I mean, they don't have a bad center on that roster. Um, you know, Gasol, Drummond, Davis, uh, and Harold. I mean, Harold didn't even get minutes. So I, I think you can maybe make a move with one of those guys. Um, you know, you somebody, somebody, to. somebody's gonna want those. Guys. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, they have to because you need the cap space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you got to keep. You need you the cap space. Shooter. I think you definitely have to keep Shooter for sure. Um, he. He's the one guy on that team, other than LeBron and Anthony Davis, that can kind of create their own shot. Um, like I said, and I think uh, another thing to kind of not to turn away from that, but one important point that I I want to mention real quick that I've been thinking about is, you know, I at least for now, I'm not saying that we can never talk about it again. I just I want to put this goat conversation to bed because <laughs> I think. There was a point I I forget which game I think it was game five. LeBron I watched he took a it was a bad lazy it was like a lazy mid range shot right he thought he got fouled he's throwing his hands up complaining the whole time doesn't get back on defense right and then he does get back on the other end and he's still not guarding anybody and he's just standing there like I like LeBron James he's a great player second best I've seen but as far as this goat conversation we you would never see Michael Jordan do something like that. Like, that's, I mean, I'm sorry. LeBron is great. I don't hate him. I'm not a hater. I just, I'm, I think we have to put that GOAT conversation to bed for now because Jordan would never do anything like that, and he would always try to do what it would take to make his team win, even if they went down. So, I I don't know. He was doing that a lot. Um, It wasn't just that game. Um, It seems just, that there was a lot of pat. I'm sorry. For, <clears throat> excuse me. 
Uh, I was gonna I was gonna make a comment um and ride no, off go ahead, back, go ahead. Back, back back piggyback off your point, excuse me. <laughs> um yeah, I it seemed that it was a lot of passiveness yeah. when they played during the games. And I didn't and there wasn't it seemed that there wasn't that aggressiveness other than what games two and three mm-hmm. when A D was out there. Yeah. And then after that, it'll just downhill. Yeah. Yeah. It was a wrap. The one thing I think it's important to remember about this Lakers season, for Lakers fans especially, is the quarter way through the season when LeBron was healthy and he was playing every game, um, the Lakers were, you know, a top two seed in the West. And they were still contenders, you know, to a finals pick. They were still everybody's finals pick. So, Right. As long as LeBron comes back healthy, even if he's, you know, 90 percent of what he was at the beginning of this year, you still got a chance to run through the West. You'll be a top two or three seed. You know, you still got a chance to be all those things with LeBron and AD, even if AD's not healthy and only plays, you know, 50, 60 games next year. Um, you still got a chance to do that. So the, the LeBron reign is definitely not over. We've seen some chinks in the armor um, and it's going to be harder next year. But. You know, yeah. we will definitely see the Lakers fans, you know, don't don't jump off the ledge just yet. It'll be fine. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't yeah. think LeBron's declining that much. I mean, I don't know how hurt he was. Um, It didn't seem like he was too bothered by the ankle. I just it kind of seemed like he was just not feeling it, I guess, or something. I don't know. But I mean, I, I don't I don't know that he's necessarily declining. I wouldn't say that. But I mean, I guess we'll find out uh, for sure next season. Yeah. And all that being said, you know, you got to give the Phoenix Suns credit as well. Chris Paul, you know, he went out there. He was aggressive. He did get banged up. I think it was game one. Right away, he got banged up. But he ended up coming back. He was able to, you know, sort of work through it through the series. And we saw Devin Booker come out of his shell as well. Devin Booker, to me, is like the perfect number two on a championship-type contending squad. He's not going to be a number one, but as a number two player, um, when you pair him with somebody like Chris Paul, he can really just be a huge, huge lift for guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's yeah. kind of, yeah. CP3, Booker. Um, also, give credit to Mikhail, uh, Jay Crowder, Mikael Bridges, um, Cam Johnson. Yep, DeAndre Ayton as well. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing I wanted to mention. Like, I, everybody kind of turned into – Everyone was talking about LeBron after they lost in the Lakers. It's like, can, can we talk about the real thing here? It's like, I mean, CP has done – think about what he's done in, like, the seven months he's been with that team. Like, you know, they were absolutely horrible in, for the last 11 years. Mm-hmm. Haven't touched the playoffs. Um, he gets there. You know, he gets Booker, eight and these young guys, and they're, you know, they're, they're a serious contender. And, you know, uh, I think he doesn't get enough credit. And, honestly, he probably should have been – I hope he got some good votes for MVP because he he definitely deserved it. Yeah, this could be, you know, Chris Paul's best chance at a championship ring could be this year. So if you're a Chris Paul fan, you got to be rooting for him to at least make the finals and let it play out. But, you know, I really does hope. And if they win a chip, it's going to go so insane here that it's going to be rioting. Mm hmm. I'll just say that it's going to be a riot. Yeah, there is. I I have one nitpick. I love DeAndre Ayton's game, but every time I swear, every time they feed him in the post or he gets a rebound, 
he brings the ball down. And if yep. you ever played basketball and you played with a big man or you were a big man, they teach you that from the very first time you touch the ball. You're bigger than everybody else. Don't bring the ball down because that just gives the guards a chance to slap it out of your hands. Um, so that is my one nitpick just from watching Aiden, but he played really well. So not too many complaints there for Suns fans. Oh, yeah. Boban uh, Marjanovic got caught doing that a couple times against the Clippers. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw that. He um he got stripped a few times bringing it down. And he's like 7'6". So, I mean, definition of uh, not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that wraps up the round one. Talked about all the teams. Um, let's update the finals picks. Go around the room. Uh, for me, Brooklyn still. And then I'll, I'll go Phoenix Suns as well make it a Brooklyn Phoenix matchup. I think that'd be a good matchup. Utah, you know, Utah's probably a good pick as well, but I'll go Phoenix. What do you guys got? I second that pick. Okay. Okay, yeah, um I think on previous episodes I um I know I picked Phoenix, so you know I want definitely want some credit for that. But uh <laughs> I um I'm sticking with Phoenix um out of the West. In the East I know I went um I, I went with Milwaukee. Um and uh you know, it's not looking good right now, but you know, I'm gonna stay true. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll own it. And if they lose, you know, I'll be wrong uh, for sure. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. Milwaukee Phoenix Finals would be good as well. You know, no matter which way we go, the Clippers. Uh, you can't forget about the Clippers now too. We kind of skipped over them, but with Kawhi Leonard playing as well as he is, you know, you know I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> to see the Clippers in the finals. I wouldn't either. I'd be surprised. Yeah. All right. Well, I thank you guys for hopping on. Um, Why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast one more time here, and then I'll put the link in the description as well. All right. That is the Black Alien Sportscast. That's BLK Alien Sportscast on Anchor. I'm on Catch Me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and all available podcast streaming apps. And y'all have time. Perfect. Well, I like it. And we see you in those audio rooms, too. So we'll be seeing more of you. Uh, Beast Snoozy, you got anything to plug? Just yourself again? Um, Yeah, not really. I just, I mean, just wanted to, you know, make a little PSA here, man. Uh, we're getting towards uh, the end of this pandemic thing, guys. I mean, I just, if you haven't gotten your vaccine, it's really important to do that, um, you know, so we can get back to, you know, we're seeing arenas start to fill up um, mm-hmm. and stuff. And if we want to get back to, you know, regular life. It's important for us to do that. So, you know, if you're if you're scared about it, just you know, do some research. But it's it's definitely safe, and you know, let's let's get America vaccinated and uh, let's get back to living life. For yep. sure. Yeah. And they're sure. not hard to find now. I know that they're everywhere around me, so I'm sure yeah, they're everywhere around everybody. The other thing I want to say about that is, um, you know, I've started to notice around different states are kind of offering, um, you know, different stuff if you get it, like. Down here in South Carolina, they've been, they just started this thing where, you know, they do these clinics and uh, it's like at a brewery or something. And if you go get your vaccine, you know, and obviously if you're of age, um, get a, get a drink on the house. So I know some people would like that <laughs> for sure, but uh, yeah, go, go out and get it. There you go. I like it. Well, I thank you guys for hopping on with me. Um, we'll, we'll catch up through the playoffs, probably second round or conference finals. We'll catch up again. Um, update our picks, see what's going on. I'm sure there's plenty of more stories that'll be coming out of these next few rounds. Uh, But I thank you guys for hopping on with me. Yes, sir.